You are listening to episode 61 of the Sunday Shakeout, where I share some of my biggest winter running tips. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Shakeout. I'm your host, Nicholas, and today we will be talking all about how to manage running in the winter. Whether you live in a place with snow, ice, or if it's just flat out cold, hopefully you can take something valuable away from this episode and apply it to your own winter running. I talk all about my experiences with winter running, including the long run that I did today with my team, the ins and outs of what you should and should not do when it's snowy, icy, or even if Jack Frost just came to town, how to prepare for your cold weather runs in terms of warming up, and finally a guide on how to dress when it gets kinda cold out there. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, let me give you a quick rundown. This show is your go-to podcast for in-depth training analysis, viable training tips, unbiased and reliable physiology and science, and so much more. Whether you're a beginner in the sport, in high school, or an experienced marathoner aiming for a new PR, the Sunday Shakeout provides you with the information you need to run faster, stay injury-free, and most importantly, stay happy on your running journey. So let's accept those shoes, hit the road, and dive into the world of winter running. Without further delay, please enjoy my tips for surviving and thriving in the cold. Hey everybody, so <clears throat> I think this is going to be a great episode today. I have not done, I feel like a lot of my episodes have been all about, you know, physiology, you know, all these like training tips, um, neuromuscular coordination, periodization, zone 2 training, um, but I think today, you know, let's get down to some practical stuff, you know, how can you run in the cold, that's uh, something that can be huge, in fact, maybe even bigger than just talking about, you know, VO2 max training. You know, nutrition. I mean, nutrition is very important, but you know, practical practical stuff is also pretty huge. So, the past past few days in Seattle have been very cold. Um, it's like yesterday. It was like I ran. It was like 23, 24 degrees. And uh, this morning at uh, 9 a.m., I did a long run with my guys, and uh, and on this one nice trail in Kirkland, uh, it was. 17 degrees and i think that's the coldest run that i've done to date uh i wore i think well some other people some other people really went all out like obviously in seattle we never really get like sub-zero conditions and so when we get like winter like a huge winter storm or not even winter storm but just winter cold like we dress up a lot which is understandable but some guys were like bringing out their face gaiters and uh that was pretty smart i don't think i needed one but um, you know, you had to wear like tights and nice uh, warm socks. You had to wear a base layer and uh, a windproof good coat. Uh, obviously, hat and ideally gloves or mittens. Ideally, mittens. Um, so yeah, it was very cold. I actually had hand warmers and I just put them in my jacket because I knew that my jacket would get like I'd start to get really cold in like the midsection. So I put them in there. And that really did help out a lot. I ran 11 miles, which is my longest run this winter. Um, the training is going just magnificent lately. And uh, so the first day, it was really cold. It was probably like, uh, 
I'd say Thursday. Um, we had I did we did two hundreds. My team and I we did two hundreds in the uh, kind of snow. It was like thirty four degrees, I think. Uh, we went to the uh, UW Recreation Fields because the track was kind of a wreck because it was a dirt track. Um, and so we went there and we did some two hundreds. And man, it was just windy, dark, and. Uh, and a little bit snowy so that was not fun so that was the first day of cold and then so today is definitely like peak cold uh, coldest run to date definitely for me um you know the guys also thought the same on my team like you know seattle like i said we don't get many sub-zero conditions so when we do it's it's big it's not like we live in like denver or something so even in a place like seattle you know the the rainy and windy northwest we can still get times where it's cold you know it's hard to escape the cold in the winter and also sometimes the snow and the ice regardless of where you live you know i was looking at like the forecast where my dad was for uh um texas and memphis and there are places in the south that are getting like single digits and that's crazy so you know luckily for me there was no snow and ice but if you do live in a place that gets a lot of snow and ice like colorado utah or really anywhere in the north or northeast then you really need to take precautions when you're running in the in the in, for in the winter. I'm just gonna say that because the way you train and the way you execute a run in the cold weather and the snow and the ice, that's not the same as the the way you'd execute a run even in like 40 degrees, even at like freezing. Like it's it's completely different. So my first tip of the day here is to just adjust your expectations you know if you live in boston or in new york and or in denver or if you live in north dakota where my grandparents live and there is a complete blizzard a complete snowstorm but you have a workout day like a tempo maybe you're doing some 200s like i did this past week you are going to have to change that because in the snow and the ice it's quite simple the faster you run, the more dangerous it gets. The higher chance that there is that you're going to pull a hamstring, you know, a, a groin, you know, maybe you're going to roll your ankle or something like that, um, or sprain your ankle. So a good rule of thumb is that if you're running in the snow, you need to be running easier and slower than if there was no snow, you know, or just don't run in the snow. Like my parents won't let me run in the snow, which makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes, yes, training may not be optimal in terms of physiology if you're running in the snow, you know, you may not get the lactate threshold benefit if you just decide to run easy or if you decide to like you know cross train but running easy or cross training and just getting in the run or the cross training session for the day you know that is going to be much better than pulling your hamstring and then being out for six weeks right like you're going to lose a lot less fitness if you have to cross train or run for a couple days uh run easy for a couple days then if you were to try to work out but you had to like you know take six weeks off like you're gonna lose a lot more fitness doing that right so you can't be doing that you can't be running fast you know if you can and you live in a place that does get like a lot of plowing you you can find a running spot that may be well plowed you know you know like i know that if you live in places like the northeast you know there can be certain streets that can be like well plowed maybe like near a university obviously seattle is not really well prepared for the snow because we don't really get much and when we do like there was this one year i think it was like 2019 where we got like a lot of snow we got like a foot of snow i think i had two weeks off um because of the snow but you know seattle was just not prepared for that we were basically in full lockdown and this was like you know the year before covid um so we don't have a good system for plowing snow but if you live in a place like the northeast that maybe does get good snow plow uh, maybe near a university like i said 
you know, you can, or or an area that gets like a lot of traffic, and so they have to plow that out. Plow that out. You know, if you can get over to that area, you know, even if it's just like like a loop that's like a mile, you can still get in some decent training. And you know, and you know, if like there's no plowing and it's just snowing and you can't get outside, you know, the final option of just is just of course to run on the treadmill if you have one nearby or just a cross train you know like the elliptical like there's no sweat in like i said doing the doing the elliptical for the day and if you have neither of those things like you ha if you have no treadmill or no elliptical i would honestly pull something out like p90x you know i know a lot of these running fitness enthusiasts or running enthusiasts out there are kind of against p90x because it's not like specific to running but honestly, I wouldn't say it's a bad idea to just pull out some P90X, you know, if you have 6x6 feet on the floor, you can turn on the cardio thing. Obviously, you know, like, don't go up to the max intensity P90X, like, don't be doing all the reps and all the sets. If it starts to, like, really hurt, don't push through, because obviously with P90X, you're training muscle groups that you likely haven't trained that much during uh, running, so... You know, don't be doing like shoulders and arms or abrupt and then the next day being like you can't walk, get out of bed or something like that. But you know, just getting in P90X, like even if you, because I've done P90X, so trust me, I know what it's like. But if it's better to do something than nothing, like I know if you're not running and you're not doing the elliptical, you're likely not getting too much of an aerobic benefit. Like I know that's pretty much true. Like if you're doing P90X, you can't expect to get too much better at running. Um, although variety is key, but you know, getting in fitness, getting in working out, it's it's crucial. You know, you're staying fit in other ways. Obviously, you're burning calorie calories. You're getting the heart rate up, and you're just practicing being a healthy person. You're like reinstilling your identity on a daily basis. That yes, I'm a healthy person. I'm an active person. I work out. Not only that, you know, exercise is healthy for the mind and all the chemicals that it releases, the proteins and the molecules coming together. Um, and so that's all really crucial. So just try to get in something if you, you know, if it's snowing, you can't get outside, you don't have a treadmill, don't have an elliptical, just get in something. So that's basically what I have to say. If it's snowing or icy, just stay safe. No workouts, no strides, no fast stuff. If it's cold, but icy not if it's cold but it's not icy or snowing and you decide to go running like if it's like 25 degrees or colder you still need to somewhat adjust your well you for sure need to adjust your expectations when it comes to the run and i will talk about layering in a second but you know not necessarily snowy running you know like i guess if you're just running in the cold like that still needs an adjustment like and i think my biggest tip here is to not go out too fast i think that starting slow in all of your runs is crucial but especially for cold weather running and it's not just because the muscles are cold and because the body is not in a rhythm when you start the run but also if you start the run too hard in the cold but you bonk later in the run so let's say you were like me and you were doing like a long run today where you know there's a high chance that you know if you're trying to achieve new fitness and you're trying to go a little harder you may bonk at the end of the run well, if you're running in the cold, you really want to start out slow because if you do end up bonking, you know, that moisture that builds up, it's gonna, it's not gonna be helping you anymore. It's gonna be working against you because, you know, obviously if you bonk and you slow down, your body's not working as hard to produce all of that, you know, energy and to keep your muscles moving. 
And so instead of the moisture working with you, it may begin to chill you and that's just a bad rabbit hole to go down. So I'd say the first five to 10 minutes of a cold run, like below, below freezing, below like 25 degrees, really just ease into it. Don't go too hard, especially if it's a longer run and you will thank yourself later. And something that may help prime the body for the run and make the first 15 uh, to 20 minutes less cold is a pre-run activation routine. You know, just like a five to 10 minute routine to help activate the muscles, prime, you know, the central nervous system, loosen up the muscles, raise the core body temperature, and overall optimize the body for running in the cold. That just a five to 10 minute warm up routine, I do like 10 to 15 minutes, but that can be really, really crucial. You know, I always start with foam rolling to release any fascia on the surface of the skin, you know, give some blood flow to the muscles, increase mobility. You know, my muscles like quads, hamstrings, calves, lower back. Then maybe I'll pull out like a, a lacrosse ball or an LAX ball and I'll use that to like loosen up the muscles of the feet and even the glutes. So, you know, I love foam rolling and then I'll get out, you know, I'll get into some exercises, some easy activation exercises like glute bridges, hamstring walkouts, groin squeezes, air squats, calf walks, heel walks, some TheraBend work, and then some leg swings. You know, I do a routine like that pretty much for every single run. Yeah, every single run. But it's especially important for these cold running days. And if you do that routine, or maybe not that exact routine, but if you just do an activation in a dynamic warm-up warm routine before you go running, trust me, getting out the door will be much easier for your, for your run. You will be much less tight. Your form will be in a good place and it will just be a much better run all around in the cold. Um, and so that's really key. Let's talk about clothing. Because I think that having proper clothing in the cold uh, is absolutely critical. That can either make you or break you in these very, you know, just cold conditions, I guess you could say. You know, you can either be a prepared winter runner or you can be Jack Frost. It's your choice. and. When we're talking about dressing for winter running, I think that wind protective stuff is absolutely critical. You know, I mean, like, I think that just winds can be a huge factor because what it says, you know, it says, oh, it's 17 degrees. If there's a wind chill, it can get to like minus nine. And if it gets to something like minus nine, you know, sub zero, that can really put your, any exposed skin out there to like risk of frostbite, which you don't want. So that wind chill can be really brutal. So dress for the winds and also dress for the temperature, not the weather. Because if you decide to go running in the snow, but it's like 32 degrees, that's still gonna be a lot better. It's gonna feel a lot better than if you ran in 15 degrees, but it's not snowing. Of course, you know, maybe if it was a blizzard and it was 32, then it obviously maybe running in 15 with no snow would be would feel a lot better. But temperature is huge. And I'd say that once it gets like below 10 degrees, that's where, the, where you really gotta get to the point of, okay, I need to cover up every part of my body. Obviously, I live in Seattle, so that threshold may be different for, for like other people because, you know, we don't get a lot of cold weather, like I've been saying. Like, I'm going to reiterate this again and again and again. In Seattle, we don't get a lot of cold weather, so 10 degrees, you know, Fahrenheit, it might not be like super cold for you, but you need to find a threshold where, you know, you need to cover every part of your body and sub-zero Fahrenheit definitely needs to be non-negotiable for most people, you know. 
to cover every part of your part of your body. You know, you know, for your face, maybe you get like a ski mask or a gator. Because at that point, you know, once you get below sub-zero, once you get sub-zero into the negatives, like I said, any exposed area will be at risk for frostbite. So, you know, 10 degrees is really the uh-oh point for me. Like, if I can't cover my face once it gets into the range of 5 to 10 degrees, no way am I running outside. It's just that simple. Another tip I have is to cover, cover the extremities really well. Like, the hands, the face. You know, make sure you have good socks get some nice wool socks to keep you warm if it gets cold i like to just ditch the gloves all together and get mittens i actually have gloves that can turn into mittens which are really nice i know that there are lots of varieties of those out there but that can be really really helpful and the reason that mittens are brilliant is because instead of individual finger holes there is just one you know there's one pocket you know in gloves there's only one pocket for every finger so um you know, there's one pocket for your index finger, middle finger, ring finger, pinky finger, thumb. But with mittens, there's one whole pocket that can fit every single hand. And so the blood flow and the warmth between the fingers when they are together as one, they can really heat each other up well, and that can help maintain a lot more heat. And then, of course, when it gets really cold, you can clench your fists to, like, maintain even more heat. But, you know, if you have just gloves on their own and it's like below 25 degrees, that may not be enough, especially if they're just running gloves and they're not like ski gloves or something like that. Obviously, having a nice running hat is absolutely critical for keeping the heat in. Running hats, like that is probably the number one or close to the number one. The head is such a crucial part of your body that releases a lot of heat. So, and also can keep a lot of heat in. So. You don't need a super thick running hat. I mean, it does depend on the temperature. Like I have a Brooks running hat that in Seattle works because it's not super thick, but it, again, it doesn't get really cold in Seattle. But if you live somewhere, like I said, North Dakota, Denver, Utah, and really a lot of places that get sub-zero temps, investing in a thicker outdoorsy kind of hat can get re can be really key to keeping the heat in. Heat the heat in. And as far as layering goes, I'd say you want to have a synthetic layer to get rid of moisture, not cotton, you know, because if you're sweating and uh, it's cold and, you know, a lot of that cotton, it's going to keep the heat in. It's or not the heat. It's going to keep the moisture. It's not going to get rid of the moisture. It's not, not going to wick the moisture. But if you have a synthetic layer, that can be a great thing to help wick the moisture and take the sweat away from the body quickly. So I recommend having a skin tight, you know, base layer, maybe two base layers, depending on where you live, to take the sweat away from the body quickly. And then I would also recommend putting on a windproof layer to keep the air inside and, you know, stay warm in the midsection. And, you know, if you have that windproof layer in the synthetic layer, that you actually don't probably don't need too many other layers because, you know, you can, you don't need... You're not getting rid of so much heat is what I'm trying to say. If you have the windproof layer, if you have the synthetic layer, then you're really doing a great job of keeping all the heat in. So you don't need a lot of extra layers, which is great for number one, overheating, but number two, at the same time, you know, less weight is better. But at the same time, you're not getting cold, so it's a win-win. Um, as far as like legs go, once it gets cold, obviously, yes, skin tight, running tights. 
absolutely key. There's just one of my guys on the team this morning who did not show up in tights. He just had shorts on, and I don't really know how he handled that. So you really do need skin-tight clothes, skin-tight running tights, and windproof pants. That can be vital. Uh, tip I have is to tuck your tights into your socks. That can be a great thing to preserve some heat, as well as tuck your shirt into your tights, and that can do the exact same thing. I would also recommend getting some hand warmers for cold weather running. A lot of the guys on my team had that today. You know, you can also put them in the outer, either your outer jacket, um, in your windproof layer, or you could put them in your gloves as well. I put them in my uh, my jacket today. I think that did a great job of keeping my midsection warm. I actually didn't even have to shake them because they kind of just shook on their own because my jacket is like windproof, so it kind of shakes a little bit. Um, and so that can be really key. I think hand warmers are absolutely critical if it gets like super cold. And even then, hand warmers might not even be enough, so that's why you need to have gloves and mittens. Now, as far as like non-layering stuff and like where to run, I'd say look for areas that have a lot of trees and buildings where when you are running. And the reason that you want to do that is because, you know, all those trees and buildings, they can do a great job of just protecting you from the elements. Whereas, you know, if you're just running out in the open, you're basically a victim to whatever is there. You know, if it's a snowstorm, if it if it's like 80 mile an hour winds, in the open, that's going to be a lot more treacherous than if you're near, like, buildings and trees and all that stuff. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of people live in, like, rural areas, but if you can find, like, even just a foresty area or a trail, you know, like the trail I ran on today in Kirkland, that goes a long way. Now, my final tip today has to do with post-run. This is one that I figured out after my run that I probably should have, you know, taken more into consideration. But if you are driving somewhere for your run, like my long run today, then I would highly recommend bringing a dry upper body layer for post run. That that way, once once you find you know once you're done with your run, you can strip off your cold, moist layers and put on the dry layer to keep you warmer and to prevent you from catching anything, catching any viruses or so I've heard. Um, but yeah, really keeping your body warm post-run and trying to keep the moisture away from making you too cold can be really, really key. Because you don't want to be standing out in the cold. Like, if you have to wait for a ride, if you're doing all that, that might not be a good idea. So that's really key. Overall, winter running is, yeah, interesting. Thank you for listening to episode 61 of the Sunday Shakeout. I hope this episode was insightful for everybody who's listening to this. I want to give a special shout out to everybody on the cross country team, everybody who, you know, is affiliated with Seattle Prep and the distance running squad, every, all, everybody, every one of my friends who uh, supports this podcast, like Renee uh, from Nashville, all my school friends, everybody, they give me a lot of support. Um, and thank you, special thanks also to Coach Walker for being on the pod last week. That was absolutely monumental, and it's going to obviously catapult me to new heights in running, uh, in, in the podcasting world. I do plan to have more guests on the podcast soon, uh, so stay tuned. I plan to have some of my guys. There's one guy, his name is Jack Hensky, and he is uh, committed to Notre Dame. Um, and so I want to have him on the pod sometime, maybe even next week if I reach out to him. So watch out, Jack, and I'm going to, I may be sending you an email, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I hope this episode is very insightful for you guys. I think winter running is arguably harder than summer running because summer running, it's like, 
you know, you can find AC, you can get on a treadmill inside, you can drive somewhere where it's cooler, you can drive to a gym where it's cooler, but with winter running, you know, if it's snowing, if you're snowed in, you're kind of stuck, you're just kind of stuck there, um, you can't really do anything, and so you're kind of just within, you're among the elements, you know what I mean? And so winter running, it's crucial to really get this right, because if you don't, you know, you could be toast out there, like, literally, like, you, it's not fun if you're, like, cold out there, and it's just, like, you don't, you're not prepared, so really take time to invest in good winter running clothing, don't just, you know, try to wing it, like, that's never gonna work, just overall, you know, be smart in the cold, like, stay warm, that's the biggest tip today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd also greatly appreciate a five-star review. Really, it only takes like five to ten seconds out of your day, but it can be monumental for this podcast. So a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify goes a long way into supporting this podcast. If you have any questions regarding anything running, please feel free to reach out to me at thesundayshakeout at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as humanly possible. Again, thank you so much to all my listeners for the support. You guys are the ones who keep the lights on week after week. You guys are the ones who keep me excited to come back to the mic microphone every week and keep pressing record. So that's really, really huge. And, you know, peace out. This is the Sunday Shakeout. Shakeout.